Hit me with that right there. I don't even know that. Yeah, palms are sweaty. Palms are sweaty. Knees weak. Knees weak. Arms are heavy. Arms are heavy. There's vomit on my sweater already. There's vomit on my sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, Frontier Church. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is our podcast where we invite you into the long-winded, ever-deepening, sometimes winding conversation of Frontier Church, where we exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Des Moines. Today's podcast is long overdue, right? Right. Long overdue. When we sent Nick Powell to plant a church, um, the pastoral team unanimously wanted Joseph Donofro to step up into the worship leader position, which Joseph has been doing now for the past six seven, eight months, however long it's been with all the COVID stuff happening. So what I want you to hear in this podcast is just a little bit about Joseph's heart for leading worship, since he's the guy who leads you most Sundays. So whether you live in Des Moines or elsewhere, we hope this podcast helps you worship local. I'm Cole, and I'm a pastor at Frontier, and I'm here with... Joseph Donifro. <laughs> I... So I want to go deep right right away, man. Let's okay. let's just go deep really really fast let's in this go. conversation. You are an Auburn football fan. Uh, um, yes. Andrew Self is a Tennessee football fan. How'd you feel about um, how'd you feel about Auburn stomping Tennessee last weekend? I mean, I was confident enough to not even watch the game. <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. I mean, I got done eating my birthday dinner and I was like, oh. Yeah, we won. Of course we won. And I'm sure Andrew was like, I hate you forever now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you talk any smack? Uh, no, I just let, let it be because wow. I could see him. Wow. Like when I walked into church on Sunday, like cowering in the corner. <laughs> you could see he was down. He, yeah, he, he was, was down. quoting the Psalms. Yeah. Why are you so downcast on <laughs> yeah. my soul? And why are uh, you a turmoil within me? And he, and I, you know, and then he recognized that he has the inferior team and Auburn is... Definitely the greatest, and will be the only team that defeats Alabama this year. So, you, they play Bama this weekend, right? Yeah, they do. So prayers appreciated. Uh, no, I'm confident. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, uh, it's the only it's the only time of the year where I don't know if Alabama will win a game. Unfortunately, but that's that's the yeah. one game I'm I'm like the most confident. In. I feel like we're on a sports talk radio station right now, but that's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, is it, I mean, that's that's got to be late Saturday night, right? Uh, I don't even know when it is. If yet. it's during the day, we should watch it together. Yeah. Because I would love to see you watching Auburn play Alabama, even though I don't care at all about the SEC. Well, it's it's like game on. I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I, I come unglued most of the time. Shaylin usually hides away with the kids because I, I <laughs> sometimes scare them by getting really excited. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, yeah, I mean, my kids are not as relaxed as yours. My kids are spazzes <laughs> because they have my genetics. Uh-huh, yeah. And so they like watching football because oh, when the Iowa Hawkeyes do something good, I pick them up and I sprint around the house mm, and they yes. get a kick out of it. Yeah. I clap and yell and hit my knees and yep. Malachi's like, "What is he doing right now, <laughs> mommy? Help me!" 
<laughs> Dude, you are a better man than me, though. Like, if Tennessee and Iowa played and Iowa won, uh-huh. Andrew would literally never hear the end of it. Like, I can't believe that you didn't talk smack. Like, smack talk is like my love language, though. <laughs> because if Tennessee won, I mean, Andrew would let me have it for he the rest would. of the year, though, he too. Would. So. I think it is somewhat of like an SEC, like, understanding. Like, you just know, like... It, it it was a good game, you know, for the most part, uh, most part, um, mm-hmm. and you well, know, the first half was yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and then there's next year, and who knows who will play who? I mean, who knows if football will even exist anymore? Oh so. stop! Oh stop! <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh man. Okay, so all SEC football games aside, you've been leading worship now at Frontier for. I don't know. Yeah, six to eight months. Six, like six to eight months. I was kind of, I mean, I was transitioning in even as Nick was still here because he was taking care of a bunch of stuff he was trying to do. So, yeah. So let's, let's go back like way farther than that. When did, when and how did God call you into worship leading? Did you have key aha moments like growing up? Is it something that God began to, began in you as a good work at a really young age or, or what? Uh, yeah. So, I grew up in the church, and when I say that, like, I don't mean, like, I do mean I grew up in the church, like, going to church every week, but... But you you don't mean, like, we went on Christmas and Easter. Yeah, no. Like, my mom was actually one of the worship leaders at my church when um, it started, so she she helped, in, in in a way, she helped plant the church that I grew up going to, which is kind of interesting in and of itself. My parents were there from the beginning, so... Um, that's, that's interesting yeah, to me. Yeah. Something not a lot of people know, but they, they were there for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so I, I li- I lived there. I grew up in the church. If I was sleeping, I was mostly at home, but then there were a lot of times where I was sleeping at church because mom was there doing practices with the worship team or, we were having like prayer nights at the church, and we would be there for oh man, hours on end. Um, and you would be like sleeping in the pews or something. Yeah, chairs, kind of chairs? not like frontier chairs, but close to it. Wow, dude! At, at charismatic churches, they have like extra padded chairs because I know you're going to be there a long time. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you just expect to have this like four hour service, and it's like, oh, we need chairs to be like extra thick because you could be there for a while. So yeah. that, that would be the case at the church you grew up in. Like, oh, yeah. They would be like four-hour services. Oh, there were days where we would get there at like, I mean, my mom would get there at like seven, six in the morning, some you know, and they would have wow. worship practices. And then we would get done with service, uh, you know, noon, one o'clock. And then we would have like a potluck. And then go back and do it again, like do more worship and like song and prayer times and stuff. So I could leave at like 4 p.m. some days. I'm done apologizing to people for how long <laughs> Frontier Service is on. Oh, man. They're like 90 minutes, man. Yeah. And we're like on the long side of things now, but you grew up going to church for like four hours. Oh, dude, it was Bro. insane. Bro. And, and it's funny because like we were literally like, and I'm not... When I grew up in the Bible Belt, and I you know, like people were like, "Yeah, the Bible Belt." There's a lot of churches down there in the South or whatever. But like, I was at a church, and then the literally like literal next lot to us was a Baptist church, like charismatic church, 
Baptist church right beside each other. Wow, dude. They would show up at like 8 o'clock and they'd leave at noon. And so, like, if you could do a Venn diagram of those two churches and look at it from an aerial view, right in the middle of those two churches... Is a fence. Would be Frontier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And we were on the fence, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I grew up... I mean, I grew up there, um, and because my mom was always doing things with the music ministry and, and spending a lot of time doing those things, I... Obviously, was around it a lot, so she was very influential in me singing. She would sing mm-hmm. to me all the time. Um, I sing. I try to sing to my kids now because of that. I sing books, and Joseph Levi can't stand it because it's not how you're supposed to read the book. But I just love singing books. Wait, does Joseph Levi criticize the way that you read books and yeah. sing them? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty fantastic, and Malachi loves it. Nice, nice. So it's very, so now it's like Joseph's book, it's read like this, and then Malachi has his own book that gets read like this. So, um, so I, I would spend countless hours at church. And so around, around 13, um, I was beginning to be involved on the team. Um, so I experienced worship through song and music growing up and then I was part of the experience by being on the team playing drums um, rhythm was what I loved and so I would I got a drum set and I was playing the bongos or whatever they had like a djembe um, and they would always put a mic in front of me because they knew I could sing but I wasn't confident in my voice and so they would put the mic in front of me like I was going to sing and I would turn it towards the drum. So, <laughs> so they would like, they would get really mad at me from the soundboard. They'd be like yeah, yelling yeah. at me and waving. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so then at around 15 is where, um, is where I really began to open up. I really, I started to sing at 15. Actually, What, what happened? Sing. What happened between 12 and 15? Was it just maturity? Did God do yeah, a work in your there life? Was some of that. Um, we, we did go to a conference and it was impactful on my life in a very good way. Um, mostly I had people praying for me that the Lord would really, um, sing through me, that he would give me that, that confidence to, to, to lead in that way. Um, and I think that they were... For lack, for lack of a better term, they were almost prophesying that like God had given me this gift to, to sing and to, to uh, proclaim His name through song and lead people in that. And so, um, I felt like I found my voice in that in that time around that age, and that's when I really became confident in in singing, and and then in leading in worship because I. I was still learning how to play the guitar at the same time. So, um, so that was all in that around 15 year age became a lot more formative for me. I was, I was really kind of honing in on it, um, and being okay with it because I didn't want to be, I naturally didn't want to be in front of people on a stage singing and playing guitar. So did you, did you, did it come out of your mother's mouth? I feel like God is calling you to lead worship. Yeah. But she was praying Whoa. that over me from like day one. Wow. Okay. She believes God created me to sing and lead. And that's like just part of who I am as like God's creation. 
And I think we all are, honestly. Yeah. And we will sing forever. I, yeah. I believe that. And the angels do now. Glory, holy. That's interesting because um, I I won't have a job in the new creation, but you will. Well, no, I'll have your job in the new creation. Yeah. We'll share it together. Singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Right. I'm not going to be like in the new creation. I'm not going to be exegeting. Mm-mm. Can you imagine how awkward that would be? If I were like, so, if you look at Romans 8, this is what Paul, hey, Paul, is yeah. trying to say. <laughs> and like, no, there's not going to be any exegesis. He's like, no, Cole, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be doing what you're doing. That's yeah. cool. So, and that's like, that's just worship theology 101, like singing praises to the king forever. I think that that's, that's something that I... I find comforting in that, like, I get to even now begin to do that with the congregation that we're a part of. And um, I always have that desire to, like, that's in my mind when I'm, when I'm singing. Right. Let's, let's right. sing. Yeah. Let's all focus on the throne and sing to Jesus right now. Yeah, and I just think that that's really good theology because the gathered church is one of the places where heaven and earth overlap with one another. Yeah. And this is kind of a mind-blowing moment maybe a lot of our listeners are having, but heaven's not a place. Mm. It's not. Hallelujah. It's a sphere, mm-hmm. and it's meant to overlap with earth. So you see that clearly in Revelation where mm-hmm. heaven and earth come together as one, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but as you begin to study, like, the tabernacle in the book of Exodus, you begin to notice that, like, oh, my gosh, the tabernacle and the temple are specifically designed to be the place where heaven and earth overlap, yeah. which is why the temple has so much paradise imagery, mm. right? You have cherubim who are who are guarding the ark. What's yeah. that from? Yeah. That's from paradise. That's from Eden. So the entire mm. thing is designed to be the place where heaven and earth overlap. And in the New Testament... What the Bible writers say is that now you are the temple, the mm-hmm. gathered people of God. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we get together, we're supposed to be the place where heaven and earth overlap. And so the throne room of God in the future is supposed to overlap with the now. Yeah. So I think that's the right goal to have when you're leading worship. That's so good. It's a forte. It's, um, you know how everybody complains now that, um, trailers show too much of the movies mm, yeah it's yeah. Like, like when you watch a trailer you're yeah. like it was like four minutes long i saw yeah. like most of the movie it's like the one funny part of the whole movie is in the trailer and then you watch the movie and you're like <laughs> oh great that's fantastic oh stop 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 you're, <laughs> you're making my analogy break down <laughs> okay you didn't say that but <laughs> i think i think i think sunday should be the trailer to yeah. the full length movie of oh, heaven okay. yeah right yeah. Except for the part where you said that the trailer's better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's but Sunday it's... <laughs> mornings are the trailer to the movie that's better than yes, even the, yes. the trailer. Yeah, because Jesus is better. Right, right. Heaven is better. Oh, man. That's good. That's good. So, yeah, anyway, I I feel like growing up around that really began a good work in me and then at 15, it really hit. And so from that point on, um, I led there until I graduated and 
would still go back and lead when I was in, in at home. But when I left Alabama, that's where I'm from, and moved to Kansas City, um, I went to a place that I wanted to expand my knowledge and understanding of leading worship and how to do that with excellence. And um, so the school I was in really kind of honed in on how to, you know, present yourself on, on a stage in front of people. And it was, it was like a ministry school. Yeah, kind of. Hey, get up on the mic a little bit more for us. Is that better? It just push it towards you. Like right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's better. I'm so, oh oh man, I'm so quiet. (laughs) Well, I mean, compared to who? Uh, you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So it was like ministry, like (coughs) learning how to serve your local church um, through worship, leading worship, how to lead, how to pick songs, things like that. So that was kind of like what I did after I left home. Cause I really felt like, because at, at that 15 year mark, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this and my parents are on board with it, like maybe I should try to learn a little bit more about leading worship and what that's like and what it means to be a worship leader. So was that process, did that process produce more joy in you or did, was it frustrating to see the thing that you love, right? Which is worship leading kind of dissected as a, as a science Uh, for some people that can be disheartening. No, I don't think it, it was disheartening. I, it was, it was definitely helpful. It's kind of how I feel about like coming out of a, charismatic background into a reformed type setting because in the charismatic background we we would have like six hour worship services because they like everybody wanted yeah, to be spontaneous yeah. all the time and like here at frontier it's like i can still be spontaneous but we have a structure to this service and that's okay and i'm like in right, the right. structure you know same with worship leading there's a structure to this And you can deviate from that, but like, we're going to hone it back into the center, which everybody is like agreed upon. Like this is the center, you know? So yeah. Chloe likes to watercolor. Yeah. She's really good at it. And a lot of times I think about our worship services like that. Mm, Yeah. Like there's a structure to watercoloring. Like there really is a structure to it. Like you can tell that's Mm -hmm. a person or that's a building or, you know, that's a field or that's a mountain. There's a definite structure to it. Um, where there's lines and dimension, and yet the watercolor has a little bit of a, of a life of its own. It yeah. spreads a little bit farther. It doesn't always stay inside of the lines. And mm. I think that's what a liturgical service does, is it creates the freedom for spontaneity yeah. um, while guaranteeing that the spontaneity doesn't just spiral out of control into nothingness. Yeah, yeah. But that's just a little aside. Yeah. Just plugging liturgy right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though. Yeah. Yeah. I I grew up my dad my dad was a coach and a teacher. And so from my from my earliest ages, some of my most impactful aha moments were in the wrestling room with my dad, watching him coach, or mm. in the classroom with my dad watching him teach. And I used to I used to watch him teach. And I used to see kids respond to his teaching with smiling or light bulb moments mm. or excitement yeah. or passion. Yeah. And I used to think, whoa, you can do that with words? Mm. 
like, whoa, you can pick the right words and you can shape them the right way and you can deliver them with passion and you can actually make a dent in the world for good. Mm. And so from a really young age, I used to see that dynamic happen. And I think that really explains like what God was doing at a really young age was shaping me to love language and love mm. words and to try to use them in such a way that you can yeah. use them for the glory of God. And you get like, Everybody, everybody in our church knows that about me. Like mm-hmm. you listen to my preaching and yeah. you sit at the table with me, and you can kind of always tell I'm reaching for the right word for the right impact, yeah. and I want to use language to impact people. And yeah. you kind of had the same experience growing up with worship. Yeah, and exactly like what you're saying. Yeah. Like I mean, the thought of presenting the gospel in a song and making the scripture come alive through singing and song is like, whoa, like that's because you present it through through teaching and through great correct word usage and all these things and it's like like there's an art to it there's an yeah, art to yeah, it yeah for sure and and so when you can take um a scripture and make it come alive in in song with chords and different rhythms and things like that it's like oh man like that's that that gets me excited because I learned that way. I, I I learned a lot of scripture through singing and song. Like that was memorization, just reading it and like trying to memorize stuff. Yeah, no way. Like the only way I know scripture is because my mom was like, well, here's another scripture, like, and here's the song for it. And so we would just sing the song and, you know, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So. I feel like, one of the reasons why I think you're so effective at Frontier as a worship leader is because you and I have a really good chemistry, and obviously we're really good friends, and we love one another, and we love to spend time with one another, but at, at the bottom of what you and I do, like the essence of what we do, we actually don't do different things. Mm. Like literally, I, I'm a worship leader, yeah. and you're a worship leader. Yeah, We just go about it in a different way. You yeah. know, like... When you're done leading people in song, mm-hmm. it's not like, okay, you guys can have a seat. The worship is over. Now it's teaching time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, the worship continues, but mm-hmm. this time rather than singing, it's through teaching. Yeah. And so, in a lot of ways, when I get up there to preach on Sundays, I feel like I'm just continuing mm-hmm. what you've already inaugurated at the beginning of yeah. the service. That's what I think sometimes the word worship. Though, though I love that it is, it's been given to just the music on Sundays a lot of the times in churches rather than anything else. Yeah, right. And right. it really does not give the word worship justice on a Sunday morning because people immediately go to song. That's why I try to really intentionally like clarify worship through song and music because exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying, like it's not just that. And that is something, I mean, worship should be all week long you yeah, should be yeah, doing totally. that in your workplaces yeah and in your homes and and yeah so in your conversations i mean i don't know that's how i think of it too yeah yeah definitely dude um what was it you you talked a little bit about coming from a charismatic background winding up at a reformed church 
And we're, we are a continuationist Reformed Church. Like mm-hmm. We do believe that the gifts have not ceased with the apostles and that there's a continuation of the miraculous work of the Spirit. So it's not like it's a total category shift. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different. Yeah, yeah. Like what, what was your first Sunday like at Frontier? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. It's it been is, but, but I do remember um, I was... I left, so this is kind of funny. You're probably gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that." But I, my my aunt in um, aunt for whoever cares about how I say aunt, um, um, my my aunt in she's now in Auburn, Alabama, um, but grew up in Montgomery or lived in Montgomery. Um, I would go visit her sometimes, and she went to this um, Episcopal church, I believe. Episcopal or Anglican, okay. either way. Yeah. And I would go, and it was liturgical style um, Sunday mornings. But the one thing that I always walked away from visiting her church was how joyful people were. And I, I'm not saying that because Frontier wants to be the most joyful church in Des Moines. That's just what I remember. And I, oh, I've always told her that. You could call her right now and ask her, and she'd be like, yeah, you'd always say that. Because everybody was so happy to see each other and to mm. love each other, and, and mm. they were just joyful. They were just joyful people. So on that Sunday when I visited Frontier, I was like, oh, my gosh. It's like I found like my joyful church that I've been looking for for who knows how long, and like it's here now. And... I was so confident when we left. Like, wow. I mean, I was I was the most excited driving home um, with Shaylin, and we had Devin with us as well. Wow. Um, I was like, this is it. Like, I don't think we will ever leave this place. And she was like, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It's kind of wow. crazy. Wow. Awesome, was like, dude. It was pretty nuts because I did not expect it. Right. You know, I was expecting to be visiting churches for a while because we had already visited one and I was like, Bleh, I don't want to do this right now. And so like, <laughs> and so then we showed up at Frontier and yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus, thank you so much. Like, I don't have to like stress about this and like go to a million different churches over and over and over and try to figure out if this is the right place. I just knew it was it. I, I really believe that God gave me that confidence. Like, this is the place. This is where you're going to be and just do it. This is it. So... Yeah. So when we rolled out our goals, and one of our goals was we want to be the city's most joyful church, you were like, "Yeah, of course." And then I was like, "What was the grand? What, what's the grandchildren's grandchildren's church? Is that it?" Yeah, yeah. We want to be our grandchildren's church. I was like, church. "What is this guy talking about?" And now I now I'm more excited about it because I understand it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But even though I was like, I don't understand what the heck he's talking about. Like I was like, "Well, that's good." I we feel like I think I should just be okay with that. That sounds great. I'll just <laughs> I'll figure it out later. <laughs> so yeah. And then the next Sunday, I walked up to Etheridge afterwards, and I was like, "Hey, um." I don't know if you guys need like a drummer or whatever, but I, I like playing drums. And if you ever need that, you know, I'd be happy to help. And he was like, what is this real right now? Like what church has drummers coming out of the woodwork? Like, no, (laughs) no. I remember having having that conversation with Etheridge. He was like, there's this bro who's like all in on the worship team. And I'm really psyched about it. He actually seems like a cool dude. Oh, Turns out he was wrong. But. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can only hope. <laughs> yeah. um, has has it been hard for you, coming from a charismatic church background to a more reformed charismatic church like Frontier? Um, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't say hard. Um, I've, I've thought more about just worship and how it's done on any given Sunday morning compared to what I grew up doing. Cause what I grew up doing, it was like <laughs> no boundaries, like go wherever you want to go do whatever you want to do. Like, we'll just follow you. Like, let's just go. And so Are you hanging from the rafters. Yeah, dude. Like let's, yeah, <laughs> let's get wild. So I was, I, I think that just like being mindful of the congregation and where they're at, um, you know, that's, that's something that I've really had to, to kind of hone in on and not everybody, you know, not everybody's like super down with that. Like, crazy wild let's be spontaneous and go nuts and sing about like angels flying around and whatever so like you know like (laughs) I don't think I'd ever do that on a Sunday morning (laughs) but like I just thinking about it is is not something that I ever was trained to do really like you just yeah you're just constantly so I guess maybe the what I'm trying to say is like even on Sundays while I'm leading, like, um, there's a lot of like, okay, Lord, what are you speaking right now? What are you saying? How do you want to direct this? Um, even though we have like kind of a guided structure through the service, like, is there anything in this moment that you want to do right now? Um, and is there, you know, a certain thing you want me to sing and just being mindful of that or remind me of scriptures that I've been kind of mulling over throughout the week and and stuff like that. So, so just a lot more thought process in it, um, more than anything. I don't think difficult. Maybe more, it's given me like more times of like prayer, I guess, in a lot of ways. Oh, so well, that's good. Yeah. So, because I've always, I've told you this before, I don't ever want to step on toes, but like that's inevitable. Like you're going to step on toes no matter what. And that's coming from a background where I'm like, like... That there's toe step in uh, city, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, we've we've talked a little bit about how God developed you, even as a as a young like as a young guy, to have a passion for worship music. And we talked a little bit about your transition into Frontier. I, I'd love to talk a little bit more about your transition into becoming a worship leader. Mm. So, um, if if I remember right. When we made the ask for for you to be the guy, mm. for for you to lead the ministry, I think we were at, it was Andrew, me, and you at Rudy's Tacos in the parking lot in West Des Moines, right? Rusty's. Rusty's Tacos. Okay, close enough. <laughs> so that's an important part of this. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you take us into that conversation? Do you um, how you felt? Were you excited? Were you nervous? I was. I was excited. I I was a, kind of speechless, not because I didn't feel like it was something I should be doing, but because I, when Etheridge left and Nick took over, I was like, I was like, okay, Lord, like maybe this is something that I just need to like put on the back burner and cause I wanted to lead. Um, but I also wanted to be like okay with not because I I had been I had been leading for a long time before I came here and I actually had put it 
I had to like throw it out the window. Um, I was not, I was so burned through different places that I'd been and I was Mm, ready to just, I needed a break and I knew the Lord was like saying, sit down, chill out. And so when, when it was that moment, it was like, Oh, are you like, Lord, is this like, is this okay? Like, am I okay to like jump back into this? And am I, do I, I feel okay. I feel restored. I feel like the Lord's really done a lot in me. Um, and I think it was just more of like a, Oh, I'm excited now. This is, this is the time again. And I, I haven't, I haven't felt that, um, before until that moment. And so, yeah, I feel like you both were like, Oh my gosh, does he not want to do this right now? Cause I was like totally speechless. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those like giddy moments where I needed to just yeah, like yeah. process it all. Um, and, uh, and then go talk to Shailen about it too. So, well, you know, we've we have a lot of talented musicians at Frontier Church. Yeah, and a lot of people who are great musicians who are also capable of leading groups of people. Um, so like, given that, I think at the elder level, we were really surprised at the amount of clarity that we had with our next step. Like, mm. there was a a definite clarity and a definite spiritual consensus at the elder table mm-hmm. that was not forced, that was not contrived, that was not the result of a lot of arguing. And we do a lot of arguing. <laughs> we got some sharp dudes at the at the pastoral table, like yeah. some sharp dudes. Yeah. So there, we disagree about a lot, and we love each other really well throughout that. But there were no disagreements mm-hmm. about moving in the direction of Joseph Donifro leading our worship team. So I think we were surprised at the amount of clarity that we had. Um, so, I, yeah, to see you speechless seemed like, yeah, this is what God's doing. Mm. This is what God's doing. Yeah. And yeah. we'd had some long conversations, I think, in the car, too. Oh, yeah. Do you remember those? In the car, like, to that place? I think maybe even to Indianapolis, oh, like, yeah. the year before for the conference. Such great conversations. Those are the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember any of those conversations? Uh, I think... Some of it was you asking me like what I would even think about that, and I think you probably were more surprised than anything because I was like I don't even know right now. Like I mean I've I've never I've never most of the time before I would have been like absolutely like let's do it, and I think sure. just like God kind of shaping me and molding me over the time where He told me to just sit back and take it easy and and actually like love Him instead of like being on a stage you know, being the guy that is leading people in song, like, um, there's a lot of, a lot of humility and humbling that had to, to go on before I got back to the place where I felt like I was okay to be in front of people leading again. And so, and I've, I mean, yeah, I've always told you, like, if there's ever a moment like that I need to just like step back and not be there, like, you know, because I'm being dumb or whatever, like that's, you know, <laughs> please don't hesitate. Um, and that was even before I, like you guys talked to me in that parking lot. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Have you been happy with uh, the growth and development? I feel like this is an unfair question because, um, because who who in the world can evaluate their ministry or church leadership over the last six to eight months? Mm, like literally, yeah. given everything that's happened, like throw all the evaluation out the window. But 
given that, have, have you been happy with the impact and the growth and the development of the, the worship culture at Frontier since you've taken over? Definitely. Um, it has been exactly what you said. Like, there's no really way to evaluate everything because it's just been so nutty. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, even in the midst of it, we've had growth, which is just insane to me. <laughs> and it's totally a testament of the Lord, like, yeah, with yeah, his hand is, on this church. Yeah. And I, I told you and Andrew this both, like, if if we're still having people come and that have never been to frontier before. And we still have like a whole slew of people that are, are home right now watching from home too. like our congregation is a lot larger than I think we even think it is. And that's yep. like, like, okay, if you can't see that the the hand of the Lord is on this ministry of frontier church, <laughs> then something's wrong because, and it's not to like toot our own horn, but it's like, Holy spirit. Thank you for moving in power on frontier church. And how exciting is that to be a part of? Absolutely thrilling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I get super, I get super excited just talking about it. But do you, do you remember when we went to that? I mean, this was like six months ago. And so it was towards the beginning of you transitioning into being our worship leader. Um, but do you remember going to Cedar Falls to our mm-hmm. sending church redeemer um, and going to their men's advance? Yep. I feel like the Lord gave you a clear aha moment, a clear light bulb moment, a clear, yeah, God has called me to do this moment. Mm. You mind sharing that with us a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, we were with, yeah, we were with Kerr and Kent and you, right? That was the, yep. I think that was everybody. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect, honestly, getting there. Um, and so, um, being, being a part of it and seeing the excitement that this place with just men had for, um, worshiping the Lord and getting just overly excited. I mean, it was, it was something that I haven't experienced in a very long time. Um, just a lot of worship. Oh man. Late into the night. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think the pastor at Redeemer said, at, I think we started worshiping at 7.30, mm-hmm. and he said, hey, we're going we're gonna to look to wrap this up at 9. And we and went. I, <laughs> I think we went till 10.30, right? Yeah. 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 It was the first time in a worship like night that I had ever, that I've, I've ever been like, hey, this is really long, because I grew up <laughs> like, that's totally normal. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I remember... Um, even Kent was like, I'm surprised that I wasn't tired after yeah, worshiping yeah. that that long. Oh, man. And then we hung out afterwards. Anyway. Um, Better believe we did. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember sitting there and you guys came to me and we're like, hey, let's, can we just pray over you? And, um, and gave strong affirmation from the elders and from, from you about, cause I hadn't experienced that yet. I think it had, you know, there was still some, it was like beginning of the Rona and things were starting to like get a little wild and crazy. And like there, yep. there, yep. and Nick was in and out, um, still at that point. And so, um, there hadn't have been a, a lot of 
affirmation like I heard you talking about, but like I experienced it that night and it was like probably one of the biggest moments for me as um, a, a volunteer leader um, at Frontier because I could really, I really got a, a sense of that. Like we're all in agreement on this. This is, this is absolutely what we feel like God is, is speaking to, um, to us and for you to lead us as a congregation on Sundays. And I, it hit real hard, real quick. I was like, Whoa, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I'm very honored to be the guy that you trust to, um, take this worship music ministry um, by the reins and, and go with it and run with it and develop it and grow it. And um, so I never want to take that lightly either. I know it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's big. Yeah. I, I remember feeling like I had a clear word from the Lord that night for you. Like when I pulled you over and mm. laid a hand on you and the elders circled around you and laid hands on you. Like I really felt like the Lord was really clearly saying to me like, hey, I want you to impart this gift on Joseph right now. Mm. But, you know, for the last year, there's been this growing sense in my spirit that that the Lord wants to deepen our spiritual climate at Frontier Church. Yeah. And that the Lord wants to deepen our awareness of the Holy Spirit at Frontier Church. And that's come through mm. the preaching in the pulpit ministry, but in a lot of ways, that's also come through our transition to having you as a worship leader. And yeah. that night, I remember being like, yeah, this needs to be prayed over over Joseph, that mm-hmm. he has been given the unique skill set, the unique story to lead this church in the direction that God is calling us to go. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that conference, like they, you gave me this book by Sam Storm's Convergence a, a while back. And his story is like basically flip flop of what I have experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they, a lot of it, a lot of this conference stemmed from the conference that they went to with Sam Storms and like, um, just how his testament to like a very reformed background going into more of a charismatic style setting with his church and like how he has blended that together and beautifully mastered it. I think, um, um, get, gives me hope that like, that's like, that's something that like God, um, is growing and and nurturing at frontier too. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I really do think that even hearing your story on this podcast, I can I can hear the the pieces clicking into place for a lot of our church members, mm. and I think that's really important. Like I I peep, I love to see the light bulb moment people have when I explain what I'm trying to accomplish in my preaching. Mm. A lot of people grew up with with preachers who, when they step behind the pulpit, their main goal was to tell their church members what to do that week. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. And so when I get to tell church members like, hey, what I'm trying to do when I preach mm-hmm. is foster intimate communion between you and God. They go, oh, your preaching makes sense now. Yeah. 
So like, how, how would you explain your worship leading style? What are you like, what are you trying to accomplish when you get behind the microphone and you get behind the guitar and you lead us in singing? You're mm. just trying to get us through three songs. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> five, five songs. Five songs. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, it's kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, um, I try to, I try to present myself when I'm, when I'm there, I am leading, I'm mindful of that, but I, I want to, it's like, I'm taking people on like, uh, not a magic school bus ride, but kind of like, <laughs> like, school you know, we're, ride. we're like, I'm, sure, I'm driving sure. this bus like straight into the throne room and like, we're experiencing all that is happening around that. Um, the elders casting their, th- their crowns before the throne and singing holy, like, we are going into a place where we are worshiping the living God. And like you're saying, like heaven is not a place. It's like a, it's a, it's a sphere that connects and, Mm -hmm. um, and Mm -hmm. it is around us. Like there is, there is a spiritual atmosphere. That moment you referenced the elders casting their crowns at Mm. the throne of Jesus and crying out holy. That's not in the future. No. I mean, yeah. it will be, but that's yeah. present tense. That's literally happening right now yeah. as we record this podcast. So we're going, like, I, I imagine, like, that's where we're going on Sunday morning. Like, we're going there with those guys and girls and whatever spiritual beings, and we're, like, we're, we're worshiping Jesus. We're, we're crowning him Lord through everything we're saying and everything we're singing, and it's not, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, it's... It's not about the music. Like it's about our hearts being totally open and abandoned to sing out and and worship the living God in that time. And um, like, because we don't. I mean, we don't need the music. We don't need the instruments. We just need to sing and worship Jesus. And those are just an added bonus in our lifetime, which. I highly appreciate. Um, but yeah, I mean my, so in, in that, with that mindset, like people knowing like that's where I'm going, like, um, when I am up there and I pause and I'm not singing and I'm playing the guitar and I'm, I've got my eyes closed. Like I'm thinking like, like, Lord, what are you, what are you saying here? Like, where, where, where are we going? Are we done with this right now? Or do you want to like do something else here? Is there someone in the room that needs to hear, um, you know, Psalm 119 or whatever, like, do I need to sing that out? Um, and so, um, because like ministry happens in so, such funny ways sometimes. And yeah, like you just, sure, dude. there were moments way back when I would go to help lead worship at a little prayer night or something. Um, and like a dude would start singing, just a random verse and all of a sudden you hear this person start weeping and you come later to find out like that's like the exact verse they've been meditating over because they had like lost a loved one in the past week and it was like the most Mm. intense experience Mm -hmm. and like those aren't happenstance i really believe god speaks in ways like that and like yeah it's a big deal um and so like i don't want it to feel like all like you know loosey goosey or whatever but like i think the spirit like you're saying like the spirit moves all the time and we want to be a church that is sensitive to the spirit like the holy spirit wants to 
wants to encourage our hearts and to lift us up and and um yeah so I, I my style is more like I'm singing these songs but I'm also being very attentive to the spirit and I want to know like that I'm not walking away on a Sunday um without being obedient to what I feel like God's saying in the moments that we're we're playing and singing so that's really helpful to hear because just to be totally honest with you like a lot of our middle class white families when you start to press into those moments and you start to kind of like sing pray over us mm. a lot of us just put our hands in our pockets and we're not exactly sure what's going on yeah what i love to do is i love to close my eyes and i just start praying for you mm. i start praying like lord would you would you give him direction would you give him a mm. clear word would you would you help him lead us into the throne yeah. room and so i love those moments because i try to leverage those moments for prayer yeah. So I, I love to close my eyes too and just start praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And sometimes in those moments, God will bring the name or the face of a church member in mind. Yeah. And I'll start to pray for them to have a, a profound worship experience with the Lord in that moment. And so I think there's so many ways that our church members can utilize that moment and leverage it rather than just like awkwardly stick your hands in your pocket and mm -hmm. look around. I, I think yeah. that's a perfect moment for us to leverage, to press into the Holy Spirit and to have mm -hmm. profound engagement with the Trinitarian God of the yeah. universe. Yeah. And something that, something that we were, we really kind of honed in on when I was um, in school for music ministry, um, they really, really talked and kind of drove in like prayer singing. So like, you know, you're praying, like if you feel like you can sing on a Sunday and like you're out in the audience in the congregation and that is happening where, you know, I'm singing something and you don't know what it is. And Cole's, you know, over there with his eyes closed, praying for me. Like if you feel like you just have a prayer and you want to sing that out, like, I don't know, I would encourage people to do that. Like, I, I love that. Um, I think that there's so much um, beauty in in that, like, because, yeah, like, you know, it's great to, to sit and meditate and pray, um, but, like, you just start singing out. Because, like, it doesn't matter what people, you know, people hear you singing. If you're not the greatest singer, like, who cares? Like, you're not singing for them. I'm not singing for you guys. I'm singing for Jesus. Like, <laughs> like that's who I that's who I'm like singing to. Yeah, I'm I'm worshiping Him. So, um, that always helped because it really got people like out of like this whole like, well, I'm afraid of what other people are gonna think of how I sound. It's like, so like you're for you're here for Jesus. Like that's who you're here for. You're learning about Him. You're growing and and worshiping Him. So, um, yeah. Anyway. That's such a major moment of growth in the worship lives of so many church members is when they have that aha moment, too, mm -hmm. where they realize that it's not just about singing along with the words and getting the words and the notes right, mm -hmm. but they realize that in that present moment, they're singing to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember preaching a, a sermon on Psalm 100 which is all about making joyful noises to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You need to be doing that on Sunday mornings. Oh, yeah. It's commanded in Psalm 100. He's not saying sing. Yeah. He's, he's talking about making joyful noises to the mm. Lord. 
And um, one, of, one of the notes that I made was I think a lot of the times when we're unable to do that, um, it's not because of personality differences. It's because mm-hmm. of the fear of man. Mm-hmm. So here's the way that one commentator actually explains this phenomenon. He said, self-centered reserve and worship is sometimes the motivation that keeps us from singing aloud or lifting hands in worship when it's appropriate. What's happening is we are fearing that we might be seen as undignified or fanatical. And at Mm. those times, we are rejecting the opportunity to make a joyful noise onto the Lord. Rather than focusing on praising God, our focus is what will people think? So often what we term reverence is actually fear of man. Mm. That's a huge diagnostic question I would have for our listeners right now. When you worship on Sunday mornings, is your primary concern, what will people think? Or is your primary concern, God has commanded me to make joyful noises unto the Lord? Mm. Which is just another way of saying, is your worship man-centered or God-centered? Yeah. So it's big. That's big. Oofta. What do you love most about serving this church, bro? <laughs> uh, we're, we're coming up on an hour, but I want to yeah. lobby that softball. Um, I love, uh, I know this is going to sound like total kitschy, but I love the, I love the people. I mean, that's something that really like, obviously, like I said, day one, like that was something that was such a big impact on me is like, I knew that I was in a place where people were, they, I mean, they loved each other. They, they loved being together. Um, and so there's that plus that there has always been from day one a focus on having our eyes set and our gaze set upon Jesus no matter what in this yeah, in teaching and in song yeah. it is it is imperative that that is the central focus of frontier that we have we have set our gaze upon him and we're not going to preach out of, you know, our, our emotions and we're not going to sing out of our emotions and how we feel. Um, but we're going to be, we're going to be a church that no matter what sets our gaze upon Jesus and we're going to love him in that. And so that's something that I, I really love about Frontier. I think that we have done such a phenomenal job at centralizing the atmosphere and the um, the time spent together um, around Jesus, around who He is, and um, and so yeah, I, I think that that's that's something that I really love about the church. I mean, there's so many things that I love about the church. Um, I love that I can come on a Sunday morning at 5 a.m. or whatever time we get there, and <sighs> and uh, and we have a really good time setting up, even though it really stinks that we have to be there that early. Like that's yeah. it. There, there's community that you, it's just unexplainable, and it's so exciting to be mm-hmm. a part of. I I mean. <laughs> Naturally, I hate waiting up, waking up that early, but oh man, like getting there at five thirty four, five forty five, and like seeing you and Andrew and um, Andrew Johnson, not Andrew Self, and 
<laughs> and uh, he's not here right now, so I can do this. Um, but seeing you guys and yeah. and having a good time doing things that are not the most fun in the world, like, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's so great. And it's because everybody everybody that's there is rooted in, in, in the Lord and they love right. Jesus. And so um, there's such a joy in that um, for me personally. I've found joy in the Lord by being a part of this church, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that you've stuck to that as well since the beginning, So, and that I can be a part of it now. Yeah, and I think that for those who are listening to this podcast, I think the implications are pretty clear. Mm. Like, I, I would be surprised if anybody listening to this podcast doesn't think, okay, this coming Sunday, I got two goals. I'm going to sing loudly and make joyful noises to the Lord, mm-hmm. and I'm going to press into the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty clear, but I, about 50% of our church right now is not gathering because of mm-hmm. uh, COVID. Do you have like any tips or suggestions for them about singing at home mm-hmm. during the live stream? Um, I mean, there's... We have our at-home guide. I think that's something that you can kind of connect with. But, I mean, even, like, I don't know, like, sometimes it is fun to worship with us, but even after we're done and this, this, the, it's over, um, even take the time maybe to um, separately have, like, a worship time with you and your family. Like, you can you can have that moment, like... Like say, okay, guys, we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit longer of a time, and we're just gonna sing some worship songs together, and 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 do that. Because um, I know it's hard. Like you're on a screen, and it's just mm-hmm. more difficult to connect that way. But um, but if you've got a group, aka your family, um, you know that's that's something that um, in person, even though you know it's a smaller group, it's definitely a an opportunity where God can speak. And even in those moments, like asking God, like being prayerful in those times, like, okay, Lord, what are you speaking to us here right now? Um, while we're watching or while we're, while we're singing with them, like, what are you speaking to us right now as we're at home? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So, I don't know, maybe that's, I think that'd be something that's like helpful for, um, people who are, who are at home asking the Lord those questions while you're in, in, in the room or reading scripture while you're even listening, like mm-hmm. meditating on that while you're, while you're singing with singing along or, or listening. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. That's a good word, man. I would even suggest if, if you're, if you're worshiping at home on Sunday mornings with a live stream and you have kids, mm. I think this is an outstanding time to, to teach your kids and to coach your kids that, yeah. Worshiping Jesus makes us happy, and it's fun. Yeah, I remember when uh, when Chloe and I worshipped at home during the first round of COVID. Whenever it was the singing part, Russell, you're gonna love this. Russell would say to all of us, "Everybody, circle pit," and we just <laughs> run around the living room, dude, in circles and circles, oh, and sing so at the good. same time. Because we have most of the, I'd say most of the lyrics memorized and most of the worship songs. Yeah. And Russell, I think he's a worship leader, dude. Hallelujah. Because, <laughs> because he was like, if three out of the four dikes were circle pitting, but mom was sitting down or dad was sitting down, he wasn't okay with that. He'd be like, dad, so you circle pit too. Yeah. Mom, you circle pit Get too. Up and go. So he wanted everybody in the family <laughs> circle so pit good. and running around. Oh, it was great. great. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Uh, well, dude, thanks for making time for this. I think it's Absolutely. super helpful for our church to hear about your calling and your story and your motives mm. and your goals and what you think you're accomplishing when you're leading worship. So this has been, I think, illuminating for a lot of people, bro. Yeah. You want to pray for our church? Let's do it. Sweet. Mm. Lord, thank you for this time. Um, thank you for the friendship that um, I found in Cole and... I just ask that uh, you would bless our congregation um, as they go throughout this week, and any other listeners that are on this today, Lord, that you would um, you would speak to them um, about who you are, and and that you would um, encourage their hearts through this through this uh, through this time. We ask that you would bless us, that you would keep us, that your face would shine upon us, and that you would guard us from all pain and evil. And uh, and Lord, would you um, would you shine a light into our hearts that uh, illuminates you in us? Uh, we love you, Jesus, and we ask that you would come quickly and be glorified. Amen. Amen.